Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to our program. We are super blessed that you have decided to join us, and we hope you had a wonderful week. Um, For those of you that are familiar with Shouts of Grace, um, we want to say thank you for your continued support and your listening. And for those of you that are new, we want to say welcome and uh, give just give you kind of an idea that Shouts of Grace Radio, we take God's Word um, as the filter through which we run everything in life through. We have a worldview that comes out of God's Word. We have conduct that comes out of God's Word, how we're to act, how we're to think, everything. And so we have about two and a half years worth of episodes that you can go back and look at or listen to at shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there what you'll find is a number of guests on our show, different pastors from around the country, from different churches, different denominations, just kind of weighing in on 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 a Christian worldview and kind of how we're to think and, and a whole host of topics, everything from 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 home life to ministry life to how we're to think in the world, in the business world, every part of our lives, children rearing, everything. Um, so we encourage you to go and to do that. Um, and as well, we just want to give a shout out to sh- um, to Shouts of Grace to to um, to gosh, Heather, you can edit this part out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And also, we just want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios. Well, last week, um, I had a good friend in studio, um, Becky Barron. Um, our families have known each other for, gosh, probably about 15 or 16 mm-hmm. years. We used to fellowship with each other. And I, I just asked her to come on the program because she's just uh, she just got a, a, a great uh, head on her shoulders with raising kids and just teaching the word and just her love for the word. And so I thought, well, let's. Let's kind of let's kind of glean from that. And so last week, um, and so well, welcome back, Becky. Oh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> um, you know, la- last week we were just talking about um the importance of God's word going uh, through Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve, and mm-hmm. it's just active and living, and and it really does cut into every part of our life, our thought life, our our conduct, you name it. Um, that there isn't a room that we can isolate God from, and if we can't isolate God from that, then we don't isolate His word from it because God speaks through His word mm-hmm. into every one of those areas, mm-hmm. and so um. We we talked about that last week and just the need to to have the word of God in us and and just um, this idea that that, um, that that God speaks and he speaks through the Bible. And that's what we talk about. When we talk about the word of God, we're not talking about um, anything other than the 66 books that make up the canon of the New Testament and mm-hmm. Old Testament scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, a- anyway, Becky, what I want to do is kind of continue along that, that thought this week. But I, I want to I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because we could talk about what the Word of God is, right? Mm-hmm. It's alive, it's mm-hmm. sharp, mm-hmm. it convicts. Mm-hmm. But but what exactly is it for? Mm-hmm. Like like how does it really practically dig into our life? And you know, rather than just kind of sitting on a shelf or we wake up in the morning, we do a devo, okay. Right. But but what is the what is it really for? And so in Second Timothy, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna kind of throw it over to you. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. It says, All scripture 
is inspired by God. That means breathed out by God. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you that are listening, thinking, well, man wrote it. Okay, man wrote it, and God certainly used man's personality Mm -hmm. and man's hand and man's intellect and, you know, what the the makeup of different people, right? But it was breathed out by God, meaning God Mm -hmm. moved upon the souls of these people to write this, right? And so it's inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may mm. be completely equipped for every good work. So Becky, mm-hmm. let's let's do this a little different. Let's reverse engineer this and let's start okay. from the back end because yeah. because we have the word of God and then we see at the back end what the word of God actually ends with. What does it do in a person's life, right? Because we can look at, and we'll look at the middle part, but it says that the word of God completely equips a person Mm -hmm. for every good work. Mm -hmm. Now, when I look out in our world today, there's a lot of things that I can read to gain knowledge, right? I can turn on the news if I wanted to get the the, the latest insight into what's happening, or I could turn on a talk show and and, and learn about a philosophy of of Oprah or Dr. Phil or someone else. And I could add, you know, people say I'm adding to my life and I'm I'm becoming well-rounded. But for a Christian, there's a primary source. Talk about why that's important. You know, I think it's true. I mean, um, we have so much information available to us. It's unbelievable how much information we have just at our fingertips um, at all times, in fact. And it's that the part of the verse where it says thoroughly equipped for every good work. I mean, the thing that sticks out to me, well, there's two things. The first being so that we can recognize good works when they're in front of us, because people want to tell us, you know, I I think a lot of people want to tell us how to love or how Mm -hmm. to, you know, treat people or, oh, well, you need to treat them like this if you're going to be loving, or you need to love on them like this because that's loving or whatever. Um, And the same way they want to tell people, they, they want to tell us uh, what a good work is. Oh, that's a good work. You should do that. Oh, that's a good work. You should do that. Well, Again, I go back to the word as being my personal um, resource to tell me what are my good works that the Lord has prepared me for, Um, because I have different ones than my husband or my kids or than you or than my pastor. I mean, um, I think that the Lord has laid out things that he wants me to do. And sometimes they'll come at a spur of the moment, right, where you're just like, oh, and it isn't even necessarily somebody at the side of the road. Oh, stop and give them money. Um, It's like, oh, I get a text from somebody saying, you know, can we have coffee? Well, right there, right there's a good work for me. But in order for me to be prepared for that meeting, I need to have been in the word so that my mind is ready to have something for them. So to me, that's part of the thoroughly equipped. So I'm going to be completely equipped for every good work that comes my way. Mm. I I have to be equipped with something because if I'm not, I'm taking a little bit, a little dabble from here and a little dabble from here and a little dabble from there and a little dabble from there. And I, that's, I'm giving people nothing really. I mean, the only thing we have a value to give people is the word of God. I mean, that's it. I can have opinions all day long and I can be on soapboxes and I can, you know, shout from mountaintops my opinion, but the only thing I have a value yeah. is the word of God to give people. Yeah. You know, that's a great point too, because I think a lot of times, you know, particularly in, in, in our culture, people can be convinced of something because it feels good, right? Exactly. It feels right. Well, I just get this feeling exactly. and I just know it's right. Yeah. Here's the problem. You bring up a yeah. great point is 
well, if you feel it's right and I feel it's wrong, right. whose feelings are more valid? Exactly. You know, exactly. it's like um, my feelings are as valid as your feelings if that's kind of the basis by which we're using to. Right. I mean, I'm sure the guys that flew the planes into the Twin Towers in 2001 yeah. felt they were doing something yeah, right for their ab- God. Absolutely. Yet they yeah. impeded upon the life of over 3,000 souls. Exactly. And so when, when, when you take this idea of the word of God kind of being that final arbitrator Mm -hmm. of truth, whether Mm -hmm. it's conduct, whether it's doctrine, whether it's thought, Mm -hmm. all of that. The point being is it says that the word of God makes the person who abides in the word of God thoroughly complete. In other words, I'm not lacking anything. A lot of times you'll hear people say, well, you know, those people that believe in the Bible, they're just narrow-minded. Yeah, yo, in in what way? Like, tell me, like you brought up, in a way to love? Do do you feel like I'm narrow-minded in in how to love? Because here's the thing, if God is love, then God gets to tell us what love is. And so when a person accuses me or a Christian of not conforming to a particular worldly standard of love and how I express it to a particular group of people or a subculture, I got a different one for you because it says that God demonstrated his love for humanity, Mm -hmm. that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So I've got a higher standard of love placed upon me by scripture that doesn't devalue any human, but shows sacrificial love, right? right? Right. And so I I, I love the idea that no matter what I read in scripture, whether it's how I'm supposed to act in society, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we we don't like things that are happening in society. So so what do we do? Do we take up arms or do we conform or do we do we obey the governing authorities? Do do we do it with love, right? right? We so I, I, I guess my point is, you know, people that don't value the word of God, I think are missing out on the God of the universe Amen. telling them this is what completely satisfies the human soul. Right? right. And you're looking outside of it. You're looking at a TV show. You're looking at a news network. You're looking at. I mean, Becky, here's the thing. We're looking at what's going on in our world today. And I was just talking to a brother this morning and I'm just like, he's like getting all up in arms about, hey, look, yeah, we already know the end of the story, brother. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I can tell you what's going to happen. You know, people are going to be lawless in the last days. Yeah. It's just going to, you know, yeah. so it just brings a, a sobriety to the soul. Yes. When you when you're completed in the Word of God, rather than being you know kind of led around by every emotional whim that comes through, a- amen. Through, 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 through your heart, you amen. Know? And I think that the Christian today we need to learn how to battle well. Hmm. I don't know that we know how to fight well, um, and and that's for whatever reason. Whether it's been we've been lulled into some kind of a complacency in our country because we've you know it's been easy to worship it's been easy to go to church it's been yeah. easy to do those things we don't we don't get persecuted here for for anything like that but i think we need to learn how to battle well um i think that you know the the stuff we spill out on social media and and mm. you know draw these lines of them and us and that kind of thing i just don't think we are not battling well when we do that and so we need to learn how to do that and i think that you know we were last week we were talking about the next generation and i think that they are learning how to battle well mm. i really do mm. um i think that they are um the 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 good ones who are who are grounded in the word i you know i i think that they are learning how to fight because they have yeah. to right Amen. they have to yeah. and so um praise god that we that we can we can do that it's not a lost cause we can do that but we got to learn how to fight you Amen. know um Amen. so 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 what i want to do on the other side of the break is i want to i want to just um rapidly go through the kind of the core of these because what what makes the man of god thoroughly complete is is kind of what he says here there, there there's three or four things here 
that that add to our lives as Christians. The Word of God is breathed out, and it and it does something. It says it teaches us, it rebukes us, corrects us, and trains us in righteousness. And so I want to kind of dive into that one by one on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm in the studio today with a good friend of mine, Becky Barron. And Becky, before the break, we were just talking about 2 uh, Timothy 3.16, um, kind of taken off from last week, this idea of how, how God's Word is profitable, and it means it's for our good. Um, and, and so... We, we know it makes us complete because it tells us at the end that it makes us thoroughly complete, but how does it make us complete? And so that's a good question. And so it tells us how. It says the Word of God, which is or inspired or breathed out by God, makes us complete by teaching. It teaches us. What, what do you think that means? It's profitable for teaching. How would you apply that practically to a person who's saying, well, why should I read the Bible in regard specifically to teaching us? What, what does it teach us? You know, really, I think one of the most important thing it teaches us is who God is. Hmm. And um, I can come up with all kinds of ideas on my own of who God is. And those are super warped if I don't have the word of God to go back on to say, now, wait a minute. Is that the God that I know? Is that the God of the Bible? Um, the enemy will use all kinds of things to to try to not only warp my thinking, but um, send me way off in a different direction. And so I think what it teaches us is um, who God is hmm. and what he's and then from there, you know, what he did for me and what he does for me. And and we can we can listen to really great teaching, you know, in person um, as we fellowship on Sunday mornings or great teachers that we have access to, you know, via online and that kind of thing. We can do that. But there is something extra special about being in the word yourself and having the Holy Spirit teach you through the word that's right in front of you. That's why it's not a high book to me. It's just this this practical book, because I know that it's what the Lord is saying to me. And and I think the first thing that he wants to get straight with me is, hey, you need to know exactly who I am and what my heart is, because things go wrong in life. And if I take a warped sense of who God is and, and lay it over those hard things, then that is, um, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. I can't, you know, I, I can't go that way. So yeah, you, you bring up a good point. You know, I, it was a, a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I was really struggling with some things about the goodness of God, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I was looking at things that were happening in yes. our church and with some friends. And I'm just like, God, yes. like, like, I don't get it. I'm yes. trying to do what's right for yes, you. Yes. And, and of all places, the Lord led me to um, a passage in in, uh, in Joshua chapter mm-hmm. four verse ten, it was just it's it's a very quick flyby mm-hmm. reading. You wouldn't even think of it, but it's mm-hmm. right when the children of Israel were crossing through the Jordan, and as they were crossing through the Jordan, um, going into Jericho, it's just one verse. It says, "And they moved through with haste." Mm. And, and and I thought to myself, "Why are they moving through with haste? Right. Nobody's chasing them. Right. Egypt's forty years in their rearview mirror." Mm-hmm. And the Lord just opens up the life of the word, and I put myself there, and I thought. 
they're moving through with haste because they're looking at this miraculous thing of the Jordan is parting. They're walking through it. And in the back of their mind, they're wondering, when is God going to drop this on our head? Amen. That's the only yeah. white reason they'd be moving through with yeah. haste. You'd yeah. be thinking if they had faith, you'd be like, this is the coolest thing right. I've ever seen. Right. Taking right. selfies and everything right. else. Right. right. But they're like, OK, let's hurry up and get through. Right. And, and then I thought to myself, I mean, I didn't think to myself, God just convicted me and said, Steve, did I take them out of Egypt? Did I drop 10 plagues on the Egyptians? Did I back them up to the Red Sea, right. open it up to bring them out, right. only to bring them through this water and to drop it and kill them 20 feet from the promised land? Right. What kind of God do you think I am? Oh. And, and it was it was, it was was teaching moment, like you said, to Amen. teach me about who God was. Amen. I'm not the God that you're thinking through your circumstances me to be. I'm, I'm not that one. I'm going to bring you through to the other side you just need to keep walking. Right, right. <laughs> right, you right. know? But that's a teaching moment. And we've all Amen. had teaching moments yep. like that. You know, it says it says also, it says it's profitable for for rebuke or correction. Now, mm. here's the thing. You've been in this place. I've been in this place. You share God's word correctively, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think of when it was, when Stephen yeah. stood up and he shared in Acts chapter right. seven, right? He just, he, he, he corrected people, right? Yes. And it says, and they were Dude. enraged yes. when they heard it, yes. right? But yes. then you have Peter who stands up in Acts yeah. chapter two and he shares it and it says they were pricked to their yes. heart. They said, what do we have to do? Yes. Right? You and have a grip. were added. Yeah. You have a grip who hears and says, you almost convinced me. Mm -hmm. There are so many mm -hmm. different responses mm -hmm. to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Talk about whether those responses should matter in our faithfulness to sharing when it comes to correcting or guiding. Because you think of Aquila and Priscilla, mm -hmm. They went to Apollos to share the more, to, to, to teach him more accurately about yes. what the word of God says. Yes. Why is that important in our lives of correcting and rebuking? And what ought the receiver of that, what kind of heart ought they to have? Yeah, that, that is super important. I don't know how many times I've told uh, women, you know, don't worry about how it's received. That's not your parameter if you did it correctly or if you were even supposed to do it in the first place. But what we need to be careful about, I think there's too many of us who just want to jump on people and just immediately go to the corrective um, side. I think the thing about it is, and, and what being in the word every day will do for you, for one thing, it will soften your heart that because there are there are definitely things that I have misinterpreted and, and things that I've known that I've thought I've known my whole life um, that have been biased. And I didn't even realize until, frankly, until my oldest son goes, mom, you got to look at this this way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I just need to look at things a little bit differently. So it's not like I've got everything figured out, but I think um, we need to be in the word every day so that my heart before I take it before anybody else is, is soft to first of all, what the Lord wants to say to me about it, but how people receive things. If I know that my heart, if I believe my heart to be loving and to be in line with what the Lord says, how something is received is not my barometer to, um, to me doing it or not. It just, yeah. that just, you know, people, you, you just, pray that people, you know, will receive it, but sometimes they don't receive it. Yeah. And, you know, and you know what? That's exactly what God told Ezekiel, right? He yeah. said, eat this scroll, devour it. Yes. Now go speak to the children of Israel, whether they listen or not, exactly. tell them, thus saith the Lord. And oh, by the way, they ain't going to listen to you because they ain't listening to me. Exactly. I mean, in Jeremiah, <laughs> nobody ever listened to him. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The whole time that you talk about discouraging. I mean, I've got the gift of encouragement. And so I really like to encourage people. I mean, 
Jeremiah, nobody yeah. listened to him ever. And I just think, wow, but, Lord. But but here's the thing about, I think, correcting and rebuking is we, we often get a bad idea of it because we've been burned by it, yes, right? We, we've true. had a horrible yes, example. Um, yeah. You know, you and I were in yes. a similar situation yes. where, where we saw correction go, go, go astray. Yes. It's like, yes. and so that gets in our mind yes. and then we want to kind of shy away from it because we don't want to be that. But I don't think we realize that correcting and rebuking is is part of the building blocks of Christianity because otherwise the assumption is we come out and no assemblies required. Exactly. We're we're birthed into this new thing. We know everything. We do, and we're constantly having to be corrected and wooed by people that are older than us, right? And so I think Absolutely. that's we, we we just need to settle into this idea of how how Jesus treats people, exactly. right? And if we're going to correct, we do it. We do it through the heart of Christ, like like you had mentioned. It's it says I want to finish off in the last. Uh, I think we got about about three minutes left. Um, this last one that is real important. Um, it says that the word of God is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been a Christian for, for 27 years. You've, mm-hmm. you've been a Christian a little longer. Mm-hmm. And I think people misunderstand this idea of training in righteousness mm-hmm. because because we think it's just simply training about our conduct and mm-hmm. and here's the thing teaching is that it's teaching yeah. us what we ought to do and what not ought to what we shouldn't do but training in righteousness since i've had my grace awakening probably about four four years ago or so mm-hmm. i've i've realized it has another element that i was never talked to about training in righteousness is training about the righteousness of christ mm-hmm. and the ability and the power for it to overshadow the condemnation that comes from myself, right? right? How many times I've listened to David and Goliath and, you know, the story, and I used mm-hmm. to teach it where you'd pick up a stone and you'd go and you'd throw it at him and you can overcome, you know, right. by faith anything. But right. seldom do I ever hear the real story. The real story is I'm not David. I'm the Israelites. I'm mm-hmm. the one sitting down defeated, unable to fight, yeah. petrified. Yeah. And yeah. here comes someone mm-hmm. who steps in on my behalf and goes and fights the giant. And the giant mm. shares the gospel with David when he says, we don't all have to fight, just pick a representative. Right. And whoever wins, the whole camp wins. Right. And he's talking about imputed righteousness. Mm. And so David is a type of Christ who goes and slays the giant. And I become a victor because of what he did. Oh, and and I don't amen. see that preached enough in amen. the church that the righteousness of the training in righteousness is Christ's righteousness covers you. It has you. In the last minute or so, talk about the importance of that for a believer. Oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. Even hearing you talk about it just gets me excited because we need to just breathe as believers. We need to relax and we need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what Jesus did for us Hmm. and what that means for me day to day. Yes, I have eternal life, but my goodness, I have life abundantly today. That's what he wants for me. I'm not to get ripped off by whatever. I mean, when I need to play a fight song as loud as I could play it in my house, I need to do it. But I need to grab a hold of this concept that Jesus has done all this work. I need to just breathe and Hmm. enjoy life. That's what I need to do. And I need to be this beacon of hope, but it's not unto myself. It's just about Jesus. Amen. And you just point people to Jesus and go, <laughs> you know, the reason I'm like this is because of Jesus. Amen. And he's so awesome and great. So I think that is a huge, 
huge thing. And we've got the victory. Amen. There's no question. Amen. Right? I, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God yes. in Christ. I am the righteousness. Yes. I need to be trained in that righteousness. Yes. It's not my own. It's Christ imputed to me. And now listen, the Israelites got up and they pursued their enemy as victors because <laughs> of what David had done for exactly. him. David was the hero in the story. Exactly. The Israelites were just the benefactors. And so exactly. I hope that that, that to the to the listeners mm-hmm. that you can draw something from that. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. Becky, this time flew by. We're out of time for this episode. And so um, I hope you guys that are listening understand that it's Christ. It's Christ alone. Put your hope in him and God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shout!